Welcome, everybody, to the 49th ever edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast, the Tim Wakefield edition of the West Coast Preps Podcast. For you, for those of you that don't know who Tim Wakefield is, well, he's a two-time World Series champion. Who doesn't know who Tim Wakefield is? Honestly, you would be surprised this day and age. A lot of people don't really remember some of these older guys. That's, that's a disgrace. They need to learn their history, go to history class, right? Sports history class, that should be a class in high school. That should be. That should be. That, maybe people, it's important yeah. to learn your sports history. I think you like an A through, what is it, A through G requirement? No. Maybe I would have enjoyed school more. Oh, I definitely would have. Yeah, yeah. definitely, yeah. Might have actually paid attention in that class. Would that have been the only class you ever paid attention in? Um, yeah, probably. That's good. There wasn't many. Maybe PE every now and then. Or there was like, was the sports something class where you just played games the whole time oh yeah advanced team sports yeah yeah, yeah that, that was team sports. yeah that was a fun class yeah when we played barrel ball yeah. barrel ball i was just yeah. gonna say barrel ball yeah with the gomes. Invention of gomes yep yeah, what a game what a game yeah that was that was a good class but yes i am chris jackson with gregory morlandtown the warriors are winners again yeah you know what i have i don't care about that right now i want to talk about the gm you don't GMC. care about the warriors dominating Not, i said right now i said right now i need to talk about the gnt guarantee because I was I was perfect last week, other than the stupid Ohio State game, which you know that was just that's my fault. I was trying to be arrogant and go against you. That Chris. was that was a really bad pick. Did you see Alabama's a machine? Yeah, yeah. Why would I? Yeah, I'm not picking against Najee ever again. And then that, that's that's my problem. Should never go against the Bay or Devonte Smith. How many yards did he have in the first half? Like two twenty or something? something like that. Yeah. Anyways, the Browns. Should have won that game. And they did win that game. But the rest messed up again. Again. First off, it was a helmet to helmet hit. He speared at him. Should have been a flag. Should be reviewable. And then... Also, here's the, the thing, though. rule. That is such a dumb rule. Why is that all of a sudden Chiefs ball in the 20? That is a terrible rule. The Browns would have won that game if it was not for that call. Of him fumbling it out of the end zone? Exactly. I've seen that happen all the time, though. But it's a stupid... Why is it... That's such a huge punishment. The Chiefs didn't recover the ball. Why do they get the ball? There's no reason for them to get the ball. That's like a 20-yard penalty. But then let's that say... Is, that's, the, but you lose, that's the harshest but then penalty let's, in the NFL. But then let's see. You lose the ball out of the end zone. Then what should be... What just should like, happen? Just like it is at the 50. If the ball goes out of bounds and no one recovers it, the ball just goes back to where it was fumbled. Why is there a difference? There should be no difference. Now, I am with you on the helmet to helmet because <clears throat> I've seen a lot of inconsistencies with this across all levels. College, there's no consistency with it. They go to review it. I'm like, how do we come up with this determination? A lot of coaches don't understand the rule. We've seen that in press conferences time and time again after a game. They don't understand that rule. NFL is the same way, so I'm not really sure. What I don't I'm not even sure what the rules are supposed to be for that because they say one thing but a lot of times that's not clearer than they do another. A lot of the times it's not consistent at all. I feel like you're about to disagree with me on this fumble out of the end zone though. Do you disagree with me on this take that that's the worst rule in the NFL right now? Think about how harsh that penalty is. It is harsh. Okay, it's there. There's I don't know if I have an actual feeling about it because I don't know if I can say it's the worst. Well, Just because, I, honestly, because this helmet-to-helmet stuff is so bad, some of this targeting stuff is so bad, When you, it's obvious it's not malicious, it's still deemed malicious. And then something that's obviously malicious isn't deemed malicious. Yeah, that, but the, that, that's but what the I get rule, more upset about. The rule is correct. 
It's just how they but, call the but rule. But they just don't call the rule but correctly. this rule is absurd and terrible. I don't know. How are you, you fumble a ball and the other team doesn't recover it, but they get the ball? Oh, I've thought, how does that make let's sense? Let's just say I've seen the Raiders be on the wrong end of this multiple times. The Patriots have been on the right end of it, and I still hate the rule. It's a terrible rule. Yeah, I've seen Derek Carr fumble the ball in the end zone plenty of times in my life. It doesn't make sense. If you fumble out the 50 and the ball goes out of bounds with no one recovering the ball, the ball just goes back to the team who possessed the ball Back to where the spot. Yeah, I guess especially. I guess especially when you're driving, so you're right, you're at the end zone, right? I mean, you've gotten that far. I yeah. guess at that point, you get down to the one yard line. All of a sudden, oh, you fumbled it out of bounds because you tried to reach for the pylon, but the other team didn't recover it. So, oh well, you guys don't get the ball. The other team gets the ball at the twenty. It's a twenty yard penalty. That's essentially what it is. That's the harshest penalty in football, other than maybe a pass interference. I mean, that's just absurd. You lose the ball and they get the ball at the twenty. It's not even like, you know, usually you lose the ball at the goal line. You have a chance to, you know, get good field position here. No. You get good field position if you fumble out at the one or maybe even force a safety. Exactly. Right? Which doesn't happen often, but it could, is what we're saying. Basically, so. what I'm saying is the GMT was absolutely perfect, other than the Browns getting absolutely a word I will not say on air. Screwed? Yes. They were screwed. Yeah. That's what you're saying. Well, I mean, it's Cleveland sports. Aren't they usually kind of... On the raw end of the history. Well, except once. I hate Kansas City. I'm not a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Really? I'm not a fan. Of Honestly, him. it's the that's the weird thing. I don't mm-hmm. mind Patrick Mahomes. I like the guy. I think he's a great talent, great quarterback, probably the best quarterback in the league right now. I don't like him though. The way he walks, he walks like a duck. You ever see that? He walks like a duck. He's always throwing his arms up in the air. He's always complaining about everything. He has ketchup on his steak. Or what ketchup on mac and cheese? The dude like loves ketchup. Who puts ketchup on mac and cheese? That makes, I don't know. As much that's, as I love mac and cheese, that I'm not eating mac and cheese if there's ketchup on that's, it. That is sick. another reason to not like Patrick Mahomes. I don't know if that's enough reason for it, but that's just really weird well, and goofy. It's enough reason for me. That's all I need. I do see a lot of quarterbacks complain about calls, though. He's not the only one. He's not the only one, but he does it more than most people. And his voice sounds like Kermit the Frog. I could go on and on. Yeah, you just don't like Patrick Mahomes. Like you've Patrick got Mahomes. you've got a lot of problems with yeah. him. I mean, it started with you know the early rivalry of Brady Mahomes early on, you know when he was back in New England when he was actually a good quarterback in New England. Now he's just a mediocre quarterback. Well, I mean, how old is he now? Yeah, he's forty three. Yeah, I mean, at, at a certain point, your arm's going to go after yeah. twenty plus years. No, saw, he's still the yeah. second best quarterback in the league. I think Tom Brady right now. Patrick Mahomes just has better arm talent. Can move a little better. That's about it. But in terms of smartness, Tom Brady. Well, Tom Brady's always got the IQ yeah. over everybody, right? He's always going to have that. That's one. He's going to outthink you. Yeah. That's his biggest asset right now. And Drew Brees, we saw two years ago, was throwing dimes. Then this year, now you see why he's retiring. You can't throw more than ten yards. Well, he, I guess he had a torn rotator cuff. He had eleven ribs. ribs. Yeah, everything. I mean, that dude battled all courage to him. I wish he would have got more than one Super Bowl. He deserved it. But he was it. He was never going to be top I, I know he was a Hall of Famer, but I still think there were a lot of times where he was underappreciated as a player. Because there were a lot of times I've watched him the last five, six years, even near the end of his career, he was still throwing dimes 40 yards down the field. Yep. It was good football. Dude is one of the best. Yes. Of all time. And sure. you know who's one of the best of all time is Steph Curry in the Golden State Warriors. That's right. Winning again. That's right. Steph Curry's the GOAT. Okay, I, okay, I don't know about is that. Is he one. top five all time? I think when it's all said and done, he will be. 
I, I think he's top 10 right now, and he's inching his way to top And five. he's about the most underappreciated player of all time in NBA history and at the it's same insane. time. I don't get it. Although he's getting more appreciation this year as this year goes on. And as he carries the team that and one... creates his legacy by himself. Because all of a sudden, you know, LeBron, he always wins with bums. Anthony Davis is a bum, apparently. D Wade, a bum. Chris Bosch is just a bum. Right? I, I don't know. I don't Kyrie get Irving, that. a bum. Although, that, that might actually be true. Dude doesn't even want to play basketball half the time. It's, it's a bizarre situation in Brooklyn. Yeah. But what's not bizarre is the Warriors and Steph. That move against the Spurs, two guys on him, crosses up through him. Drives down the lane, all of a sudden a little fake pass to the right, looks over there, and goes up for the easy layup. I mean, that was dirty. Yeah. And that step back three. If you're the, the guy corner. that fell for that fake, I think I'd rather have the open corner three than have Steph Curry at the rim. Especially with the Warriors, sometimes they miss quite a few open threes. You know, I, I don't think you run away from Steph Curry ever. No, I, I wouldn't, that's for sure. Yeah. But they're looking better. Ubre's finally getting out of his slump. That he took is. a while, but. Yeah. That one putback slam he had too it was nasty. He's, His defense is good. Well. The one thing you gotta like about him though, I know even when he's struggling offensively, he's still going crazy on defense. Oh, That's I the think thing. he listened to Bob Fitzgerald last night. He said the same thing. Hey, he was Azubuki that said, oh, it. but yeah, but it was one of the few times I agree. Yeah, no, which was sure. which was a good statement. I'm like he's picking these guys up full court. He's still going crazy. Draymond's going good. He hit a few threes, which yeah. they, they had he, good arc too, which was. In a long weird. time, maybe the backpack's that. finally starting to come off of Draymond's shot. Yeah, it I is. think we're getting closer to Draymond. I mean, it's crazy because Draymond in twenty fifteen was a thirty five percent from three. Now he, you know, he shoots the ball, and you're like, oh god, that looks awful. Yeah, but we're getting back to you know, if he could just get back to thirty thirty five percent, that's when that team is unstoppable, right? No one, no one's beating because you have to leave someone, and Draymond was the guy you leave. And now if you can't leave Draymond, if he's going to consistently put down threes, then it, it just creates that extra shooter on the floor. I would feel pretty good about the Warriors beating most teams in the West still in the playoff series. I think the West, anyone can beat anyone. From 1 through 10, almost. That's how deep the West is this year. And the Warriors are right there. But they're the 5 seed right now, 8 and 6. Yep. You know, we're 12, 12 games into the season. Or sorry, 14 games into the season. Who knows? It's only a seventy-two game season, so we're already already creeping up on the halfway point. I, mean, I keep kind of crazy. I keep growing on this James Wiseman hype train too. I know he went through a little bit of his rookie struggles a couple of games, but that Spurs game, he dominated. What twenty and twenty-six and four? Wow. So he had twenty point six rebounds, four assists. Okay. It was I'll take that it. was bully ball. So he was in the right position all the time. The dunker spot there kept getting those lobs. It was Steph to Draymond to Wiseman every time. Yep. That play will never be stopped. For as long as time exists. Now, Steve Kerr, this is our message to you. Do not stop running the pick and roll. Obviously, it's working, so don't stop using it. That's my thing. Yeah, the Steph Draymond pick and roll. Draymond rolls. Wiseman's there in the dunker spot and the little lob. And it's just, it's money every time. I I haven't seen that play fail once. I haven't either. Now, do you have your Jackson 5 this week? We'll just do the NFL playoffs edition. Championship weekend, so it's only the Jackson 2, but... So this weekend, it's going to be the Packers getting the dub. And Devontae Adams will have 135 yards receiving. That's it? He's the best receiver in the league, but it's the playoffs, too, at the same time. They're going to really focus on him is the one thing. That's why. There's going to be a lot of double teams on him. Okay. That, that's why I think that, especially okay. as he starts getting going early, they're going to really focus on him. That's why I say 135, which 
NFC Championship game though still that's great numbers. Yeah, yeah. But it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get much more than that. He's gonna have a big day, and then we all know who I've got in the AFC, the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, what kind of question is that? Wow. So I already previously stated on the last podcast that I'm going Buccaneers and Bills in the Super Bowl. I can't change it now. And th- that's also why another reason why I don't have Devontae going for 150, as great as he is. Got to remember that Bills defense is still really good, and they're going to have a good secondary around to kind of force those double teams. Buccaneers defense? I mean, yeah, the Buccaneers, that's what I meant. I don't know why I'm completely Are you okay? Do we need I'm, to... I'm good. I'm good. I think Chris Jackson needs a day off. Here. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I'm not changing my picks. Bucks, Bills. Bucks are winning the Super Bowl. It's Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers, how many NFC Championship games have he lost now? Let's be real here. I love Devontae Adams, best wide receiver in the league, without a doubt. And he'll probably still get over 100 yards and a touchdown. And it's almost guaranteed every game for him. But at the end of the day, it's Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady wins that game 9 out of 10 times. Not with these coaching staffs, though. It's different now. Not with now. these coaching there's, staff. There's no Bill Belichick on that sideline. It's a little bit different now. It's a little different now. It really is. Sure. It, it's it's a different feel this year. And I've got Aaron Rodgers coming out on top. Well, I'm not changing my pick. But it's going to be a great Bills. game. It will be a fantastic game. Yeah. And I think it's going to be a three-point game. Yeah, it will be a close game. I, I think it's going to be about a 31-28 ball game. Yeah, with the Buccaneers winning. No, Packers. Tom Brady, the greatest of all time. Well, it's, it's, it's the one of those rare moments where I root for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> Feels weird. And you're only doing it because of Devontae. You got to root for the East Palo Alto, Palo Alto boys. Got to root for those kids. Yeah. No, I'm not. I, I feel some bias because of the people we know. Yeah, well, Jason Hardy's a San Mateo guy. Jason Hardy's a San Mateo guy with Tom Brady. I don't want to hear his arguments anymore. Well, Jason Hardy didn't train Tom Brady, though. No, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, so I'm just saying. I think that there's some bias. There, there, there really isn't. I'm just going to root for those guys. That's what I'm going to do. I hope Brady has a big game, too. I really do. Well, But the Packers are going to win this ballgame. And the Jackson 5 all of a sudden has failed miserably. So that's probably your final picks that you'll ever make. My We're, final picks that I'll ever make. Yeah, yeah. So last time I ever bring up the Jackson 5 because you're wrong. You, you lost two games already. When was I wrong in Jackson or in the GMT guarantee? Been wrong multiple times. Have I? Yeah. I don't think you have the the time to go back and look at the recordings of previous podcasts to go figure it out. No, I don't have the time, nor do I care. Exactly. So therefore, if someone else wants to dig up, you know, when I was no, wrong, pe- pe- people can, but... enjoy your lives. Don't waste your time on that nonsense. Until then, GMT is GMT guarantee undefeated, never lost. Lavar Ball never lost. Okay, I just drove through Chino Hills last weekend, and I <laughs> thought of the Ball family the whole time there is the funny part. But anyway, it's time for high school sports talk after 10 or 12 minutes of absolute nonsense. But now we are here. Never we, lost. It's time for week four of the Winter Circle Athletics football action in Los Angeles and Southern California. I was there for week three. Greg's going to be there in Los Angeles this weekend. Last weekend was a fun one, too. Cal Strength, I think, was the absolute star of the show all around in that game they won 29 nothing their third straight win the three and of the season you told me last week too when you came back cal strength is really good and i saw it right away that was about as crisp of football as you'll see that spread offense they ran it felt like a college offense just the routes they ran 
how fluid it was, the timing everybody had. A lot of those kids have grown up together, trained with those coaches growing up. A lot of Clayton Valley kids, Monta Vista kids, Santa Monta Valley, some Pittsburgh, Dublin. But a lot of these kids grew up together. You saw that chemistry with the coaching staff as well. And that defense shined too. That defense didn't give up a single point. Special teams made a lot of plays that we'll get into a little in a little bit. They blocked a punt. But, I mean, it was just the all-around effort that you could really dream of as a coach is what Cal Strength had. Because their offense, Jack Quigley and Dylan Devitt, each had over 127 passing yards as a quarterback duo, both those Danville kids. Quigley from SRV, Devitt from Monta Vista. We had receivers galore, just receivers going off left and right. And that brings us up to our next thing, is that Cal Strength receiver depth is crazy. Ten players caught passes on Saturday. You never see that at any level. No, 10 players in 10-minute running quarters, too. I think that's even more impressive, right? It's not a full game. Six of those players had 30-plus receiving yards. Four players had 40-plus. With mini senior Aiden Jackson led the way with 51 receiving yards on four catches. Caden Ridley had 31-yard day. Came one week after he had 73 yards the week prior. Cal Strength is... Probably the best team there right now that we've they seen. Are. I, I think, I think I they're think the it's... best team of all of them. Honestly, I think that's that's one thing right there. I don't see Cal Strength losing the game. Indeed. Early on last week, they went down 7 nothing after interception early on. And then steamrolled them 29 unanswered. And then they go another 29 unanswered. So they're dominating right now. I mean, the last the, two games. The thing you see with this team, too, even when they have a bad player, the opponent has a good play. You never see them put their heads down. Nobody's fuming with each other. Nothing. Everybody's on the same page. They go right back to it. Their quarterbacks have great leadership. Coaches do. Everybody does. And those receivers, you mentioned Aiden Jackson, Caden Ridley. Then you had Judas Shepard, 45-yard touchdown catch. Matthew Casada, Pittsburgh guy. His best game, I think, down there. Four catches, 33 yards and a touchdown. The Montevista tight end, Jack Endries. Two catches for 43 yards. But, I mean, Cal's strength is just, they're phenomenal. Because you look at that. Their defense had the shutout because Adam Moore had a pick. Tyler Lapolo from Freedom blocked a punt at Monta Vista's Rocco Sram, who is now a lacrosse commit. Division one lacrosse commit just happened this week as well. Recovered a fumble. There's a lot of talent on that team, and Indeed. that coaching staff is as good as it gets. Too. And we talked about the quarterbacks a little bit last week as well. Dylan Devitt had a great day last week. It was Jack Quigley's turn this year to go off, or this week, I should say. 157 yards and three touchdowns, and we'll talk more about him later as well. Yes, we will, but that, that quarterback playing Danville is good as always. It's it's always the same thing every, every year. year. That the twenty twenty two class is phenomenal. When Devin and Quigley can go head to head high school football when it's Monavis against San Ramon Valley this year, that's gonna be a lot of fun. Yep. Hopefully we see them in the playoffs against each other again. That would be a great time. But another takeaway, Khaled Robinson, the Manteca Junior, a breakout game for exclusive speed and their fourteen to nothing victory, which was their second straight win. I know we were kind of waiting for this kid to finally break out. We've seen him at showcases perform well, workouts. He's always been a guy that's put in the time. You can see it. We were waiting for this. I'm sure the coaching staff was as well, and he had a really great day for exclusive speed. He did, and exclusive speed, like you say, get their second straight win, moving to 2-1 and one on the season. And Khalid has been working his butt off every day. We see it. We see him posting it on social media. Dude is a great player. And consistently always there, but like you said, he had the breakout day as he had a five-yard touchdown grab, uh, which sealed the deal from Eli Brickhandler late in the first half to make it a 14 nothing ball game as that was the final score of the game. But Khalid Robinson, breakout day, and I'm sure he's going to continue 
as he grows into this offense and they continue to grow themselves. Yes, he will. That, that was definitely his best performance down in Los Angeles. And then these defenses, exclusive speeds defense, and now win a shout-out the second time they've given up less than 10 points. In two of their three games, they gave up nine points in their season-opening loss to the Long Beach Grind. A really good team there as well. I think them, Cal Strength, some of those teams are the best ones down there so far. And exclusive speed honestly could have won that ball game with how good their defense was in that one. Gave up less than 100 yards. Two of those points came on a safety but they're doing a great job. They're, they've given up 30 points in three games combined, so that's 10 points per game right there. They're doing great. Cal Strength had that shutout defensively. Then the West Coast Islanders gave up seven points, a perfect second half there, shutout in the second half, and they're 14-7 win. It's a great defensive display, and a lot of these Northern California Bay Area teams' defenses played well. Iron Sharpens Iron did lose the game, but in regulation they gave up just seven points and lost in overtime to the Sunset 15-7. Indeed. Defenses have been balling out this year, and another person who's been balling out this week was Alonzo Jackson. And we've seen him many, many times. And the Kimball Senior's first game with the Iron Sharpens Iron was very impressive. He's got a great combo of shiftiness and strength, as he was basically one of the top players for Iron Sharpens Iron this week after just coming in. Had four carries for 39 yards, averaging almost 10 yards a carry. Two of those carries went for 14 plus yards, as his junior year stats were pretty, uh, as he was hurt. For and out for multiple games, had 173 rushing yards, three touchdowns, 8.2 yards per carry, which is very impressive. As Kimball made its first sack walking section playoff appearance since the school added a varsity program in 2010. Yeah, he's got an impressive resume there. I'm just waiting for him to get some offer because we've seen he's really put in the work. He's added even more muscle. When we first met him, I think early August, there at one of those grind mode elite mm-hmm. workouts with Brandon Younger, he was. Jacked. I mean, this guy, you can tell how much work, how much lifting he's done, how much training he's done. He's even better now. We saw it on the field there, too. His first game with Iron Sharpens Iron. I mean, 9.8 yards per carry. He's not the tallest guy in the world, but man, is he good. He's got about Jonah Coleman's height, I want to say, maybe a little less in weight. Not much of a difference there with the weight there. Another just phenomenal athlete. And what he did there was one of the best players in that game. It was Jonah Coleman, Alonzo Jackson, I think, were the two best players on the field that day. And Alonzo Jackson, maybe we'll see some offers come his way soon, too. Because last year, didn't have as much film because of the injury. Still produced well, and we've seen some players get offers now in L.A., and maybe he's going to be one of those guys that gets an offer from this WCA football action. Indeed. Another thing from Alonzo, dude has a different haircut every time I see him. Always oh, fresh. And we've seen him so much. Every week, he's got a different haircut. So, hey, if a college program wants a guy that's got a new haircut every week, and he was wearing a University of Tennessee Volunteers Ooh. football helmet, too. And I asked him why. His Pop Warner team. Ah, people were thinking it, people were thinking it, that was Jonah Coleman for a second because, you know, Tennessee's right. offering yeah. him. I'm like, yeah. no, that's not Jonah. Jonah's right there. He's got the Lincoln helmet on. I'm like, wait, that's Alonzo wearing that. So I asked him why Pop Warner helmet. I mean, pretty sweet Pop Warner helmet right. if that's your Pop I saw Warner. a couple guys with Oregon helmets out there, too. So, yeah, like all of a sudden these Pop Warner helmets must be getting uh, really, really good. Oregon helmets, those are the most expensive of any Nike thing. Do you see Nike's, with college stuff, it's going to be, obviously the Nike logo adds some price to it, right? But Oregon's just got so much of that Nike brand with Phil Knight in the state, big booster there. It's like twice as much at Oregon, so that's, if that's a Pop Warner helmet, <laughs> yeah, Or maybe the kids just bought it, I don't know. That could be that too, but yeah, Alonzo Jack's not a great day. But the star of the weekend, the second ever athlete of the week. Last week, the first ever one was Eli Burkhandler from Pittsburgh. This week, it's the San Ramon Valley Junior quarterback, 
Jack Quigley. The nine completions for 157 yards and three touchdowns in Cal Strength's 29 to nothing win over Project Elite. Two of his three touchdowns went for 40-plus yards, had the 40-yard touchdown to Caleb Padrid, who's another San Ramon Valley product, a 45-yard touchdown track to Monavista's Judas Shepard. Jack Quigley's been a star, and he was a starter as a sophomore at SRV last year when he had 1,502 passing yards, 15 touchdowns, six picks, as SRV won seven games and was a North Coast section Division I quarterfinalist. And just six days after that season concluded, he got his first offer, the Division I level from William & Mary. He just posted his film from the first three games at the WCA. So see his Twitter, you can see his highlights there. Check out the outfit of the week story at westcoastpreps.com as well. All these takeaways, recaps from the games as well, photos, all that's up there. But Quigley, I think more offers are going to come his way soon. Indeed, Jack Quigley has been dominating. He had that one early interception last week, or sorry, two weeks ago when I was there. But ever since then, dude has been on point ever since then. Jack Quigley is a great quarterback. He's got a great arm. He's intelligent. He knows where to go with the ball. Like I said, he's got a great arm, obviously, with two 40-plus-yard touchdowns last week. Dude's been balling and well-deserving of our second-ever Athlete of the Week, Jack Quigley. Yes, he is. And then, speaking of travel ball, we've got some exciting news. The press release and story came out on the West Coast Preps website on Wednesday night at westcoastpreps.com. Check that out. But a new travel team is launching in the region. NorCal Scouting is launching the new travel club football team based out of the South Bay and Peninsula that we are a West Coast Preps and Media partner of. They're going to be the first team to model itself as a college prep program, which is focusing on college readiness in both athletics and academics. And the staff features a lot of great coaches too, elite trainers, high school and junior college coaches who have worked with some of the top players to ever come out of the Bay Area in Northern California. Indeed, we're going to have some big time coaches coming out and working with these kids. And like you said, college prep program, this is all about getting college or kids ready for college, getting them into college, more opportunities to go play at the next level and preparing them to play at that next level as well. West Coast Preps, like you said, will be the exclusive in-depth coverage of the team throughout the season, including a series on the student athletes, player profiles, videos, feature stories, photos, and much more. If you're interested in trying out, go to the West Coast Preps website, westcoastpreps.com backslash registration. It's gonna be a fun time. I mean, this is what kids need right now. There's so much talent in the Bay Area, and it's time for kids to play. Travel team is the way to do it right now. This is going to be one of the best in the Bay. Yes, it is. It's going to be a lot of fun going down to travel with this team every single week. And also with that, we are a media partner of them, but that's not going to affect our coverage of other teams. We're still going to go in-depth on other teams as well and provide your game coverage, photos, et cetera on that. But this is a fun team to launch. We're excited to work with NorCal Scouting on this travel club football team. This is going to be a great time. Great opportunity for kids to get their names out there recruiting-wise, showcase themselves. It's been great football so far down there. We've had a great time, and now we're very excited to partner up with this team. We'll have more details in the coming weeks. But tryouts, just go to that link that Greg mentioned, westcoastpreps.com backslash registration. We'll also send out some invites through the DMs as well, but the link is on our website. If you want to try out, go right there and you'll find it easy as can be. Yep. And the last thing, it's been a busy week for us. We launched another thing this week. A lot of stuff going up. A lot of new additions to West Coast Preps that we're excited about is the Diamonds in the Rough recruiting service that we just announced earlier this week. Indeed, new recruiting service West Coast Preps just launched this week. 
It's not going to just focus on Division One recruits, but it'll also target all sectors of the Bay Area and all athletes, whether you're D1, D2, D3, NAIA, or JUCO. We're going to detail on players including measurables, size, GPA, a paragraph on the athlete, and a quote from a coach on the player. Different players in regions of the Bay Area will be featured each week at westcoastpreps.com. These stories will be sent out to colleges across the country. This is basically just to get call- sorry to get kids more noticed the barrier has been under recruited for a long time now and we're trying to change that and help these kids get recruited because we have met so many athletes as there was one yesterday at, at a camp that deserves scholarships at big time schools and they're not getting the recognition yeah we've talked to some players and some dudes that we know are division one caliber players or just should even have an opportunity to play anywhere and this one student athlete told us he just has a tryout after whenever his freshman season concludes in college to get a tryout for this one specific school. That's not the way it should be because I know anyone who's watched him in his production, in his talent, size, everything screams next level. We want to make sure we help more kids from the Bay Area do this. We're excited to launch this at westcoastpreps.com. We're going to be sending out a lot of these forms to coaches throughout the Bay Area. We're going to send this out to you guys a bunch of times to so just stay it. Stand the lookout for your emails. And don't just feel like you have to fill it out once with some of your players, other players you know from the region and your league. Fill it out as many times as you can. You have more kids you can think of. Send it to us. Fill it out. We'll put that up on our website every single week at westcoastpreps.com. But we're very excited for this. You don't just have to be, like Greg said, a five-star, four-star, go to SEC or Pac-12 to be on this Division One. You're going to be Division One, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, Junior College. You get an opportunity to play at the next level. Get your education, even just somewhat paid for, is a huge deal. Yeah, and we've said this multiple times. If you ever want to reach out to us, please reach out to us and let us know of any players who should be highlighted in Diamonds in the Rough or someone if you think there's a good story. Give us story ideas. Email us at team at westcoastpreps.com, and we will certainly look into it and do our best to accommodate everyone. It's going to be a big thing, though. I think it's going to be good for the Bay Area kids. It's going to be a very amazing thing for them. So you can email us or also our Twitter at West Coast Preps on our score. We'll pretty much reply to anybody. We usually do it in a pretty swift, quick manner. So just reach out to us anytime. But we're very excited for that. Follow Graves' coverage in Los Angeles this weekend from WCA Week 4. All the Bay Area Northern California teams. He was there Week 2. He's back down there for Week 4. All photos, recaps. Takeaways up on the site. Everything will be up there in social media also. So follow all that content at West Coast Preps underscore on social media. All the stories and photos at westcoastpreps.com. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube page and just follow all of our work at westcoastpreps.com. Because I'm gone. So long. I'm gone. So long.